Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Bloody Elbow Podcasts are proud to be sponsored by RevGear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get 20% off. Go to RevGear.com slash Bloody Elbow email sign up. Welcome back and thank you for listening to episode 271 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we're going to look at UFC Austin, which is a surprisingly good card. But of course it is, because it's not in the apex. Now, we're also (laughs) going to discuss some headlines. And in our bonus section today, we have the results of the 2023 Grand Kyushu Basho. It's officially concluded. We have all the results, and we're going to tell you what happened with the angry hamster. But first, let's kick it over to Victor and find out how his Thanksgiving was, because I saw a picture of his plate, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say he ate good. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Daddy eats good. That's certainly true. I I postponed it. Uh, I was going to do the whole thing Thursday, but then it's like, you know, I'm here by myself. It's just going to make it sadder. So uh, I waited until Sunday because that's when my son flew back. And um, yeah, we had a nice little, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't anything too complex, just some stuffing, some Brussels sprouts with bacon. I cooked those in chicken broth both. And um, then, you know, you got the uh, big old turkey breast with a wine base, kind of like what I explained in the um, – the the WTF post last week mm-hmm. that went off into a very weird direction. I know I know there were a few people probably pissed off, but it's like, dude, it's Thanksgiving, man. Come on, have a little laugh, you know? Like we, you still got your martial arts, you still got your punchy face. Let me let me make some turkey jokes here and there. All right, just just chill. Uh, food was great, man. It was banging and canned cranberry sauce. I don't know why it gets the hate that it does. It's good. I it's love fun. it. I don't know why. I don't know why people have such a thing of like, I don't eat that cancer. Listen, I've made it from scratch for the last few years. It's good, but this is different and it's nice. I also like the the can version with the berries in it too. That tastes good too. Mm. I like all cranberry things. They're just a very difficult thing to manipulate because of the fact that all that bitterness is really tough to root out. Mm. You know, you, you're, you're adding a ton of sugar in there and it's like, I don't know. The oh, fuck if I'm you want to eliminate the bitterness, add orange juice to it. I've or, done that or, though. Or That's orange, the problem. Oh, 
Yeah. So I, I still end up with a bit of it. But you know what? It's fine. You know, I'm just sticking with the canned stuff for now. I'll, I'll take about a year or so off of making it myself and just keep doing this, man. I just I just polished off a leftover sandwich and I feel like a hero. I am doing amazing right now. That's, <laughs> well, that's right. awesome. I saw the plate and I'm happy for you. We <laughs> we had turkey, too. I did the whole spread and everything, and we pigged out for a couple of days on it, and uh, I'm, I'm turkeyed out. I'm ready to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of not making the whole bird. I don't have to get rid of too much. Like, I could eat this for another three weeks. Like, I'm actually compelled to buy more turkey to make more for me, but... Yeah, I can see where people get sick of it real quick. It makes perfect sense, you know, and, and I would recommend probably getting half a bird or just parts of it if you uh, have the opportunity to avoid that fatigue. Yeah. All right. So we are going to look at four fights from UFC Austin. But first, let's let's talk some headlines. And, and there's some wild ones. First thing I want to talk about. Sean Strickland holding a man at gunpoint mm. um, and relaying a story that he tells, but we have no idea. I, I feel like Sean Strickland tells things only from Sean Strickland's point of view. Like we don't get any kind of unbiased reporting from Sean Strickland when it involves him holding someone down or doing something to someone. So in any event, we actually have ring footage and everything. We see this guy. He races up to the driveway. He busts his ass first. And then he runs in between the two cars in Sean Strickland's driveway. It looks sort of like he's trying to open the car door and get in because he's being chased. But Sean says that he got into a fight with his girlfriend. He beat her up or something like that and then raced off or something before the cops could get there. I don't know. But Sean goes out there and thought he was robbing his vehicles. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. And then holds him at gunpoint. I got to get your take on this. I, okay. So the main obstacle that I have from the beginning is precisely what you led with. And it's the fact that it's really difficult to parse what is, and I, I want to make this clear. You want to make sure that you're sifting what is true and what is not. And then not to say that Sean is lying. No, and I'm not saying but that. I know you're not saying that. I just want to make sure that, that everybody's clear here that what yeah. we're referring to is, is he getting the events or, or is this happening properly? Now, look, we, we, we saw, I saw the post on BE, um, I forget who wrote it. I think it was either Zane or Milan. Somebody had posted the thing and it was like, you know, they, they noted other instances like Kevin Holland having a, stopping a, a, a somebody, a, a car theft. And then Derek Lewis, a guy tried to steal his car. I don't know how unlucky you have to be to of all vehicles and of all homes <laughs> to show up to a guy who is a UFC fucking champion or in the case of Kevin Holland, a completely unhinged in a fun way individual who has really, really gotten a tremendous penchant for violence. He's good at it. Or Derek Lewis, probably the hardest hitting guy outside of Francis Ngannou that we've ever seen. <laughs> Like, what are the fucking odds, man? What are the odds? That's the thing that busts me. Like, I, I look, I don't think the story needs to be too complicated about like, well, he hit somebody, then he ran, he ended up here. I mean, look, there's there's tons of ways that this could have gone. 
let's assume, all right, let's take all of this at face value that Sean has all this. I mean, I, I don't know where he would have gotten this information. Maybe the cops told him. Maybe this is all hearsay. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't really think I need to hear any more about, you know, any straightening out details unless something really, really wrong happens. But what I do at least appreciate is the fact that we've got the security footage. We see that this isn't a situation where, unfortunately, a fighter starts uh, an altercation or somebody gets attacked unprovoked or something like that. Like, no, man, dude saw some rustling and hustling, went outside with his gun. He said, hey, man, was good. <laughs> and, you know, like, you're going to talk to me. Or you're going to talk to this clock. But I, you, you, we are listening, you know, and uh, it, it didn't get any worse from there either, which is another thing that I appreciate. Like, at least at least it didn't go in the worst ways that it could have gone. Uh, but other than that, like, geez, this, this is just dumb shit just keeps happening within the orbit of this sport, which just keeps pulling things so strongly. Yeah. And you know, the guy probably got a lecture from Sean too, because Sean loves giving advice and that's going to take us into our next story. It still (laughs) revolves a little bit around Sean, but more around Ian Gary. Now, Ian Gary is married to a woman, a Brazilian woman named Layla. She is 40 years old. About 10 years ago, Layla wrote a book about how to be a wag or yeah. Is it how to be a wag or how to land? Yeah. It's how to be, how a, to wag. be a wag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which wag just a minor point, wives and girlfriends. It's a term mostly used in the UK for like, you know, smoke shows, these hot women that are married to high level athletes. Yeah. Now she says that it, it was tongue in cheek. It, it, it wasn't serious. It was meant to be comedic, whatever. I don't know. I haven't read it. I don't care to, but The thing is, is that everybody is freaking out because, one, he took her last name, but she also took his. It's also a very common thing, not just in Brazilian culture, in Latin culture, because they also do it in Mexico and Spain. It's it's a common thing. Uh, The other thing that people are really, really freaking out on is, I guess... Her ex-husband, who is a strength and conditioning coach or a nutrition coach, something like that, I guess he lives with them. That's their business. Whatever makes them happy. Why is everybody else so concerned with what's happening with Ian and his wife? Is Ian happy? Sure. He's, he seems happy as a clam. She seems happy. Nobody's bitching and moaning. So why is everybody else in their business Including Sean Strickland. Oh, boy. Sean Strickland, I guess, got wind of MMA guru, who is not, in my opinion, um, reliable media. We'll say that. (laughs) Um, I'm so glad you're taking this the polite route. Good job. We'll just say that he enjoys hot-button topics, and he likes to be incendiary, And he's just not someone that I feel like anybody I know would mix company with. He gets wind of it. Somebody sends it to him. And so he gets wind of it and he goes on this big diatribe on his show about it. And so Sean Strickland gets wind of it. And of course, Sean Strickland gets in his car like he always does. And he gives all this, you know, man dance. I'm Sean Strickland and I've got advice for you, youngster. You know, and he does that. And 
oh my God, you know, Ian Gary took great offense to it because the way Sean Strickland and MMA guru and now Dylan Dennis and everybody else are going off about it and making it a big deal when it's not really a big deal. You know what? Ian Gary went into this knowing who his wife was. Why do y'all care what he's doing behind closed doors? Who cares if they're having a threesome with her ex-husband? Who cares? Is it your business? Is it harming you? No, it's not. Stay out of it. But anyway, Sean Strickland is in there and he's he's shredding her and he's talking about, Ian, you got to get away from her. You got to divorce her. Get away from her. So, of course, Ian reaches out to him and this this I have to agree with Sean Strickland on this part. Ian threatened to sue him over it. Dude, you are a fighter. Bad shit is going to be talked about you and anybody close to you because that is the nature of the fight game unfortunately. Now when it crosses a line is like what Dylan Dennis did when Nina Agdal sued him and the way that D- that Dylan crossed a line is because he acquired stuff that he knew was hacked. He knew that he didn't have authorization to post the stuff that he was posting from Nina's phone. That's when you cross a line. But what Sean Strickland has done, that is not crossing a line. He absolutely can say whatever the hell he wants. I don't agree with it, but he can say what he wants. He shouldn't have to worry about a fellow fighter suing him. That is, in my opinion, a little ridiculous. But the rest of it. Sean Strickland getting his his big fat nose in somebody else's business. Dude, keep your your advice to yourself. Nobody wants to hear from you. you. Do you actually think Ian Gary is taking your advice to leave his fucking wife? No. I mean, God, it's just so dumb. Victor, help me here before I get upset. So here's the thing. I don't. I don't think that part. So that that part of the rumor where apparently uh, Layla's ex-husband lives with them. I don't know if that's actually accurate or not. I don't know if maybe he lives nearby or whatnot, but I don't know if they have kids together. Look, man, many people have already made this point or these this set of points. And I think it's just really worth revisiting and repeating yet again. But we need to point this out. This woman has been around high-level athletes for a very long time because she's a sports interviewer, all right? She's around dudes with way more means and way more money. Mm-hmm. And she's going to get together with a guy who wasn't even in the UFC when they got together? Right. For his Like, everyone's calling her a gold digger and all this. This so-called How to Be a Wag was a parody thing that she had written. Apparently, it was just 12 pages. So that barely qualifies as a pamphlet if right. you really want to go that far, Okay. Technically, it's a book. Fine. Sure. Whatever the fuck you want. Let's go with that. All right. Let's just say that. What was the other claim? What was the other thing that that she had uh, that she was using him for some sort of visibility? Is it working? I mean, she's still got the same job. Yeah. It's not really going any. Nothing here is changing in any substantial way. So what's going on here? What am I missing here? I I just I keep going back to this. And this was just a few days ago, but I keep going back to uh, our friend of the podcast, even though we haven't had her on, uh, Jamie, uh, also known as She Reaps on oh Twitter. Oh my gosh, I love I her have, so much. I have the tweet right in front of me. She says, the Ian Gary hate is hilarious to me because at the end of the day, it's just another excuse for MMA Twitter to berate, berate a woman and they couldn't pass that up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's all this is. And then Strickland, of course, you see, it's the thing because these guys, nothing spreads faster in this sport. What I say all the time, nothing spreads faster than gossip and staph infections. This is the fucking problem right here. Go hit some pads. Go yes. do some other shit. Go get, get some other, get a private with Marcelo. Do something. Get, just just shut, shut the fuck up, everybody. I mean, what, seriously. What is the point here? Why are you in, involving yourself in this thing? Not Thank only, you. Thank you. I, it's not, it's that's not applause even, for you. So much of it is false or wrong. Mm-hmm. But they took it at face value because they had to, because it was a gold digging. Those, you know how those lying bitches are. I mean, who's doing that? Who's really going around and 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 going for MMA guys for money? Come on, man. We know what these dudes get paid. We keep finding out more and more. Shout out to Anton. Shout out to John Nash. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the shit that I keep like. What is your fucking problem? And listen to who you're getting your information from. This guru dude. And I'm not going to say too much about him. I don't want to give this dude any gas or nothing. But it's like, bro, you listening to just some guy. You know what I'm saying? It's just some dude who's 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 got his own thing and, you know, respect to people who are independent and doing their own little. I'm friends with people that have their own little operations and do their own things. They, they operate on their own wave. And so many of those dudes are so cool, man. They're great dudes. But you have these guys that there's no coincidence that there's such a massive overlap between that and their political and social views. And then they go off and they have these, you know, you, you go to their timeline and it's like uh, when when men fight back and it's dudes slapping women or, you know, it, it's it's always some dumb shit like this. It's like, yeah, that tracks. So, I mean, I don't I don't really know, man. I just wish that fighters would have a little more discernment into where they get their information from. And maybe mind their own business a little more. Like when when Strickland was giving, when he was giving that dude, what was his name Jim West or Todd West, the the guy from MMA Gold, when he was giving him stress for dating um, Aspen Ladd, who was a trainee of his, uh, you know, okay, that that <laughs> that's a that's a good way to use your voice though, because there's something wrong there. Yes, but what this is is Sean Strickland standing up for Ian Gary's manhood. That's all it is. It's there's not a real problem here. There's a real problem with Todd grooming young girls in his gym. That's a fucking problem. This is not a problem because Ian Gary is a grown man and Layla is a grown woman and they they entered into a grown-up marriage. Sean Strickland needs to butt the fuck out. So does MMA Guru and everybody else. It's none and, of their business. And the fact that she's older than him, I, be, I mean, but she's she 40, so he's, fine. which, you know, that, that makes it look like, oh, he's some, some tender little naive boy who's being uh, preyed upon by this vulture woman. Like... Man, go, dude, I keep telling people this is this is my thing. And I will I will continue to say this throughout for the rest of my life. Bro, go get a CDL, man. Go yeah. get a CDL. Go get a fucking job. Go get some. Go home and be a family man. And the wise words of Lieutenant uh, Colonel, whatever his rank was, William F. Guile from Street Fighter. Go home and be a family man. Stop this nonsense immediately. Cease this bullshit of getting into this weird ass gossip, because the worst thing is. None of this shit is, I'll bet you, I'll bet you out of the five or six major sticking points, maybe two of them are true and none of them are relevant. Why? Because everybody's happy. Yeah. Why are you mad at people being happy? Do you? Yeah. But the thing is, though, I still disagree with Ian Gary threatening to sue over that. That was dumb. Now, we have a, a bit of fun news. <laughs> 
Well, fun for me, anyways. <laughs> Are you ready? I, I guess so. <laughs> All right. So, Conor McGregor's Black Forge Inn. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Ask me how much money it's lost. <laughs> okay, let me help you out here. So I saw the thing earlier. I I I don't I don't remember the number. I like it went two in one million ear, dollars for no. a fucking pub that's only been open for two years. It's lost two. It's taken two over two million dollars in losses. All right. So so let me ask you this. Do you remember when when Johnny Hendricks opened that steakhouse? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember the reviews. You remember mm -hmm. you remember well, when the, you the, dropped that bomb on me how Tito's Cantina, Tito Ortiz went to Florida this to is make not Mexican the same food. Thing. Absolutely not. I'm a No, no, you. no, no. I, that's what I'm saying. It's not oh. the same thing. This is oh. way bigger stakes. This is but a no, luxury but, thing, right? This is like a, the yeah. big grandiose. This is a major superstar doing things the right way. And, and it's actually got decent reviews too, but... The, the economy. Everybody in Europe is really, really suffering right now. Just like, you know, over here. I mean, inflation just didn't hit America. We'll say that. But everybody is suffering. And Connor decides to open a high-end, you know, black tie type restaurant and, and pub. Come on, who's got the money for it? He opened it during the pandemic too hmm. okay so i i don't i don't know what the financial situation is specifically in ireland you know like to a, a fine detail i do know that there are obviously people struggling and i know that a lot of the um i i, I guess the, the way their their economic model works is that it, it's really difficult for them to get out of the bind that they're in uh, as is the case with many other places, there are just certain extenuating factors that that are not exactly very common throughout Europe. From I may be misinformed here on this, but yeah, I mean, look, you open a high end thing right after a pandemic and during a very very wild period of insane inflation worldwide, uh, you're going to have you're gonna get hit. But I mean, to lose this much money in less than a year? No, he opened it during the pandemic. Well, I thought the losses were just for this year. Is this, no. a, this is in total then? This okay. Is, uh, he, okay, for the first year, he took $1.13 in in damage. I mean, in, in losses. I guess it's... Okay, so it's not quite as bad as, as I thought then because I misread that. I thought it was just for the year. I didn't realize it was in the totality. No, it's uh, totality. Of the time that it's been open. So it's still, like, it's still not as bad as I initially thought. Not great. <laughs> Where the fuck okay. is this buddy going? Exactly. How is this happening? I mean, listen, this is a bar. This is not a chain of franchise. In, in Ireland. <laughs> this, okay, those kind of losses, holy moly, that is insane. That total for two years, you have got to be kidding me. It's a bar. You're averaging a million a year. How do you correct course? And look, not like I care. Dude got money. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't worried about his financials. I'm just saying, like, I, I, it's just a shame that this sport is so Bush League in every arena. Everything that this thing spreads its tentacles to, you end up with some more bullshit. Now now this. 
now this, you're averaging a million a year on a bar in Ireland. Like, are the stereotypes not true? What's going on? How is this happening? If the food is good, if the drinks are good, if the ambiance is great, if the design and, and, and the, the, you know, the, the ambiance are, are cool, why is this? What, how? How did this take place? Yeah. And it's not like you're going to fire your way to solvency. You can't just like, I'm going to get rid of half of the staff and that'll cause the, – the, that'll take care of the overhead. No, 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 no. Where? Where is this money being lost? What hole is this falling through? And I'm already seeing people talk about, oh, money laundering and all this. Don't be stupid. Don't, don't jump on things like that right away. That's a pretty serious thing to, to you know – accuse people of in situations like this when malfeasance and incompetence are literally sitting right there you know you don't have to go the long way to reach a crime like it could just be really bad management but at the same time god damn how's it gotta be what the fuck mm -hmm. <laughs> what is this i i don't i don't understand i've never run a bar before i understand that it can't be easy i know people that have managed establishments like that but how? I just, I'm confused. I, I hope someone that, that's managed a bar or some similar business can reach out and, and maybe, you know, maybe illuminate this a little just for my own personal like understanding because I, I'm really flummoxed as to how that takes place. Well, let me tell you a little history here. Last year, it uh, underwent a firebombing attack that uh, a couple of assailants threw pipe bombs and Molotov cocktails through the windows and everything. Now, remember, Conor McGregor and his family have ties to the McKin to the Kinahan gang. So there could be something entwined there as well as to why people don't go. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's put a dent in it. Um I, I'm you know, okay, so in light of recent events. Um, some of the the crimes that have been happening in Ireland lately and some of the comments that McGregor has been making. Apparently, he's gotten a lot of flack over he's this. Under, he's officially under investigation. It came out that, today. That too. But in the popular view, uh, his stock appears to be way, way down. Um, he's not, he's not as, he's not as beloved as he was a few years ago in Ireland from what I'm seeing here. And I'm, I've noticed a few people popping up and saying that. And so, um, I'm I'm curious if maybe he's just harmed his own personal brand to a degree where, you know, this might be affecting business that combined with the rumors of the uh, potential ties to well, not potential, the, the proximity of organized crime figures hanging around and stuff. You know, maybe some people don't want to be around that or they don't want to um, incur any sort of risk of being in an establishment where something might pop off. Like I, I, I can I can understand that. But I'm also looking at it from a very American lens and I. I, I guess I'd need to know more and inform myself a little better um, as to as to why that is. But I just it's it's just these these numbers and the the stage on which this is operating is too big to ignore, you know, and you, you have to wonder like, yeah, sure. Again, like I said, he's got money. He's made good money fighting and through sponsorships and all these other business ventures that he's had. But um I, I just does this spread out to his other <laughs> what other other adventures he's going on business wise? Well, wait, I, I don't let know. me let me tell you. Okay, mm. as if he didn't learn enough of a lesson. <laughs> guess what he did in April? He bought Dublin's Porterhouse Brewery, which manufactures his forged Irish stout. Oh. so he went ahead and did that. Now 
In October, he launched the product in, in the United States, and he's planning a whole countrywide expansion by 2024, because when he started, when he launched the product, um, it only launched in New York City. He sold off Proper 12 in 2021. The whole thing sold for $750 million. He had investors and backers and stuff. So his portion of it was right around, well, it was between 150 and 170 million that he got to put away from for. Mm. So anyways, I feel like Connor sort of fell face first into uh, a gold mine when he took over proper 12. I don't think he realized how wildly successful it was going to be. And when it did and he sold and got that nice chunk of change, it gave him a false sense of being a business brain. And so now he's snapping up everything. Listen, the thing that he did for the, uh, the halftime in, the, in game four of the NBA finals, oh. when he went out there and he punched the mascot, he was trying yeah. to market his new um, muscle freeze spray. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's a ripoff of Biofreeze because Biofreeze has been doing that shit for about twenty years. <laughs> okay, they have spread. They have the exact same thing, but you know, I guess Connor need to put his name on it. Whatever. <laughs> I just, I just love when you bring up a product that you hate. Everyone with that shit. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, I, you got some stories behind that, and I gotta hear them later. That's <laughs> great. so. Anyways, I mean, it's just insane. And then we get to his. MMA career or or lack thereof, you know, because we haven't seen him fight in a long time. He was supposed to come back in uh, April for UFC 300. But guess what? That's not happening now. Oh, wow. Now it's looking like fight week in July. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's going to happen. I feel like Conor McGregor just is making motions like he wants to fight, but he doesn't actually want to fight. No, I he's think- not fighting in July. He'll he'll be too busy at my birthday party, which uh, is prior to that he'll be at Fred's and Pajal's birthday party. But that's another matter entirely. <laughs> so, anyways, we must get over here and start picking these fights. So let's go ahead and take a look at this very decent card. My goodness, I cannot get over this. But they have some competition because Saturday night we have this UFC. We also have a very, very, very good Bare Knuckle FC card with Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez. Oh, talk about a violent fight right there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we have some good boxing Ryan Garcia fights this this weekend, too. So there's a lot happening on Saturday. But for us, we're just going to pick four fights, the four best fights on the card. We're going to start at the bottom. Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum. You know, I was looking at Kelvin Gastelum's record. God, I, where does the time go? This dude is 18 and 8. We're talking, we're, we're entering journeyman territory here. Mm, I remember when this man was working in a fucking pawn shop in Arizona. You understand? <laughs> no, nah, for real. That's I when know. he was on the Ultimate Fighter. I that's know. that's what his that was his thing. Yeah. And 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 we're here. You know, veteran, you know, a, a hot prospect that didn't quite pan out to the championship level that, that perhaps uh, some predicted he would. And yet, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, it's amazing that we're here and that, that he's still plugging along after some of the shit he's been through. 
Indeed. I'm still not picking him. Got to go Me with neither. Sean Brady. And That's Mookie, right. Yeah, Mookie's going to go with Sean Brady as well. So we get to the next one. Rob Font versus Davison Figueredo. Davison Figueredo finally up at Bantamweight. Rob Font, God dang it. I like this guy so much, but I don't think that he can hang at the very, very top. I feel like guys like Davis and Figueredo and, and, and those of his ilk, you know, d- just a step down from champion or champion. Um, it's just a, it presents too much of a challenge. And I don't know if it's pressure, nerves, whatever, because you put Rob Font in a fight with, say, number four to number nine, and he, he smokes him. What the hell is going on there? I have no idea. I really don't. And I love Rob Font, man. I just, can I pick him? I'm Like, I have to pick Figueredo here? Yep. You know, because his track record has just shown his skill has has blazed through in a way that I I, I can't deny him, you know? And as good as, um, as good as, as, as Rob Font is, it's I don't know. I just think there's a different set of wrinkles here and a set of challenges that now look, Davison, you know, he, he is still gonna be moving up a weight class, but he doesn't lose anything. You know, he's still spry, he's still strong. Uh the people that he'll be fighting against probably not that much bigger, not that much more versatile. Same, you know, maybe a, a different caliber of, of athleticism, because one twenty five to me still is the highest bar, but mm. I, yeah, I, I have to. I have to pick Figueroa here. Yeah, and Figgy, remember, he struggled to make weight. Mm. Struggled. He's a big boy from 125. Yep. And the other thing, too, is Figgy's got excellent body work, and we all know Rob Font don't do well with shots to the body. Mm. Hmm. So, mm. all right. We get to the co-main event. It's a good co-main event. It's a, a a worthwhile replacement, too, because, you know, Dan Hooker fell out, broke his arm. The one that he broke before broke it in the same place. Same exact spot. Mm-hmm. Heal up soon, buddy. But we get a good replacement in Jalen Turner, who is dynamic and just, wow, those those fast twitch fibers really work with Jalen Turner. Um. But he's taking on the vet and Bobby Green. And Bobby Green just surprises all the time. Yeah, he, The true Gicta right there. You f- never fucking know what he, which Bobby Green is showing up. But I got to take Jalen Turner here because I feel like he's younger, quicker, faster, stronger. He's got good striking. And he, he's... Turning into, he's not quite there yet, but he's turning into quite a well put together package. So I got to take Jalen Turner here. I'm not real confident in that pick, but I'm I'm going to take him. Mookie is also taking him. How are you going here? Here's the thing: we doubted Bobby Green last time, mm-hmm. and then he shut us up. <laughs> and now, like I don't. I, 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 a guy that I hate picking against, but like, again, Jalen Turner, despite the weight cut that he's going to have to endure, I got to go with him younger, stronger, faster. You know, he's got the wrestling game and the boxing, a lot of the stuff that we said about Drew Dober, but can he get suckered into uh, a situation that's favorable and advantageous for Bobby Green? Probably. That's where that experience edge comes in and that power is not gone. So 
yeah, Bobby's got a great chance to win it, but I guess I have to pick Turner on this. So I'm just going to do that. All right. So all three of us are picking Turner. Now we get to the main event. Benil Dariush versus Armin Sarukian. And I always want to call Benil Dariush the old man because he looks like an old man, even <laughs> though he's not. Mm. I am taking Benil because I feel like there are multiple avenues for him to win, especially on the ground. But he has that hot hand. Okay, there is a rocket in there. And I don't know. I, I've i been on the fence on this one. This is a pick em fight, but I'm leaning Dariush. I don't know. I just... Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Now, Mookie has taken Armin Sarukian, but I don't know. I just... I got to go with my gut here, so... I'm going to go with Sarukian. He is a... He is not just a, a great athlete. He has pretty much all the tools. You know, he's got all the fundamentals, right? His striking is polished. His wrestling is great. You can say the same for Dariush. And his Benil's submission game doesn't get enough love. His knees and the way that he uh, sets up those punches inside, you know, that's that's really marvelous stuff. But I feel like Armin's ready. I, I don't uh, – yeah, this this is – it is frustrating because, like you said, it is a pick em, But – I also yeah. go back to the Mateus Gamrot fight. Mm. You know, the one that Sarukian lost. And wow. then I look at Benil's fight with Mateus Gamrot, where he just basically ran through him. He didn't knock him out or anything, but he won a very, very easy unanimous decision over him. Mm. I'm, I'm, let me take that back. I won't say it was easy, but he made it look so. So, anyways, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel it. I'm no. going to stay with Benil. Y'all are going to take Sarukian. I'm probably going to lose. But I, I took a chance the last time, and I it ended up paying off for me. So, okay. if I could just inch my way along and not come in last, I'm, I'm gunning for you, Victor. You're too That's ahead okay. of me, so I'm gunning for you. <laughs> You're talking like I got something to lose. You know, you understand I have very little dignity left. <laughs> you understand that, right? Shame, I have a little bit. It's in a bucket, back corner. <laughs> dignity? Nah, man, we ain't got to do this shit. <laughs> so as promised, we do have sumo stomping. So stick around for our bonus section. And if you are not subscribed, now's your chance. Help us out. Subscribe. Get all this bonus content and all sorts of other premium perks and stuff like that. I occasionally give away Amazon cards and this and that and the other. So, you know, throw us a subscribe. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including 
the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.